Welcome to Cosmic Tales Episode 4, a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. I'm Jesse Butler, and I'm joined with... Keenan Kibrick. And I'm Kit Paris. But if we do want more Drax and we do want to see our favorite destroyer, I do think we need the jump to issue 30. Because now we have the new Captain Marvel mainly fighting the controller again, which we can totally skip because it's really boring. Controller, minion, fight, he's going to win. But it does lead to Thanos, the mad titan of awesome trippiness. Yeah, so issue 30 here has the same credits as the last one. Jim Starlin does a lot of work. Al Milgram does inks. Tom Orzachowski is letterer and edited by Roy Thomas. On page 7, Captain Marvel gets to break through a window, and it's pretty badass. But most of this, though, I mean, yes, one breakthrough window, awesome. This controller guy, it, it was just a lame villain to me. So I kind of, like, really didn't... Like, you know, when your other villain you're fighting is Thanos, the titan that can destroy everything, and who is literally grabbing a cosmic cube to control the universe right now, I, like, look at this and be like, this is just... There are so many bigger things going on here. Yeah, so about page 12, when he finally defeats the controller, got another great shot where his face, like, there's three panels, and his face slowly becomes more cosmic in the last panel. It's once again just eyes and stars and planets. I will say the inclusion of the controller in this is really interesting because they're bringing in the Avengers, and the controller's a really classic Iron Man villain. Uh, He could be an interesting villain, but I just don't... When your other enemy is... I mean, you can even see the panel where they're fighting. When Thanos is talking to you cosmically through the universe at the same time, and then literally turning you to cosmic space dust because you failed him, there's a point where you're like, this is... Maybe, maybe Captain Marvel old guy was right that really this is just not important compared to a few other things going on here. Absolutely. The the universe is possibly being destroyed and he's doing Tony Stark's dirty work. That is the best way to put it. So there's an issue we're completely skipping that just because it's Iron Man goes back to the spot where he and Drax fought Thanos the first time to look for clues and finds that the Blood Brothers are still there after how long and he and the thing fight them off but doesn't have any drax so we can mostly skip that and nothing actually important happens it's just an excuse for them to fight the blood brothers who we do then learn are galactic vampires we only want the cosmic stuff man galactic's chump change although cut to the end our one panel of drax in this thing where he goes to the avengers mansion makes the next issue so confusing and yet so amazing of a start like best intro to drax I love that issue 31 actually mentions him as a guest star. I love that issue 31, most of it is Drax fighting all the Avengers and taking them all on. But at the same time, while he's taking them all on, he just went there to ask for help. So I don't know where it happens that asking help leads to like a massive fight with all the Avengers. But he's Drax the Destroyer. Yeah, it seems to happen between issues, because it's got Captain Marvel and Moondragon, who I don't know when we saw them together, rush over and see, like, the rest of the Avengers fighting Drax, and it's just like, what? It totally comes out of nowhere, and this is the first time they even mention Moondragon. Yeah, no, the, the, I, did, I never got, and I love it. It's like he literally was asking to come in to warn them, and then every Avenger just starts beating him up. And it's just, I think they had to show, like, we need to show Drax fighting all of the Avengers, that's how powerful he is. Okay, do that. 
to be honest, he's fighting some of the less powerful Avengers. I'm not quite sure who the woman is there, but there's, what, Black Panther and the Swordsman, and I guess Vision's flying in from another room, but I don't know. They don't seem that potent like Iron Man or Thor. I have no idea who that is. The costume is really odd. Although all this and Drax's daughter, though we do not know it's his daughter yet, Moon Dragon, who I actually learned originally was a villain. Like, in one episode or something, or at least it was, I am trying to understand Moon Dragon's actual backstory. It is more confusing than anything. If anybody wants to help me out here, please chime in. It gets so much worse. Well, I believe she's about to be retconned. Is it this issue or the next issue where they find out that he's the daughter or she's his daughter? They reveal to Drax. I don't even know if they reveal Moon Dragon. Must be next issue. Also, by the way, they actually make a statement. Only 0.4% chance of stopping Thanos. Those are the odds they have to show how dangerous it is down to that exact number. Because Isaac, the supercomputer, who anybody else want to take a shot at explaining the most one of the most important characters in this whole thing later on? Nah, go ahead. <laughs> so, all right. So one thing everyone should know, readers out there, there is not only the mentor and the titans. On that planet is a supercomputer called Isaac. And Super doesn't describe it. It is like the most powerful computer in the universe. But it definitely has no moral compass because Thanos uses it. Mentor uses it. It kind of keeps bouncing around who gets to use the ultimate supercomputer at all times. And I'm never ever sure who really owns this thing. But it always just keeps spouting out amazing information that can tell you how to destroy anything because it's that smart. Did I miss anything about the most amazing supercomputer? Only that it is so large that it is actually like just under the surface around the entire circumference of the Moon Titan. And it also does not understand Moondragon's origins. Moondragon, the character that is so ambiguous. I even like that. I didn't know where, but it says, like, you find out about Moondragon in Daredevil number 108. So I was like, why does Daredevil know a cosmic being? Daredevil gets around. Apparently. And then, of course, after the giant fight scene, it takes Captain Marvel to explain why are we fighting Drax. And I would have just loved at one scene to be like, just give me some context. Did Jarvis come in and do something? No, he just politely asked to come in. These Avengers are so mean all the time. Like, seriously, girl at the door. Captain America's first reaction, beat her up. Drax comes to the door. First reaction, beat him up. What is with these Avengers? They, like, literally are extremely distrustful of anyone. They seem to always be on the defensive and ready to fight. But, like, why would you want to be on their team? They'd, like, I wouldn't. I don't really get it either. It's it's really odd to know what we know of the Avengers now and the way that they're written and to look at this and try and figure out how the characters changed. I guess we should just call it the 60s? Technically, this is 73. It reads like the 60s. 70s. The Avengers kill anyone who comes to their door. We don't know how they have members. Xenophobia Avengers. Yet half their members are Xenos. Well, I guess we don't know Moon Dragon's a Xeno, or maybe we do, and Captain Marvel's part Xeno, but also the best part we reveal, everybody is human. I think at this point, and I seriously could be wrong, so I'm kind of hesitant to say it, I think they know that she's cosmic, and I think she's some sort of orphan, they believe, and she's got these telekinetic mental powers, and then later you find out about Drax and the daddy issues. And Adam Warlock. I gotta find out about the daddy issues in Adam Warlock. Adam Warlock seems to have a lot of issues, and I know that's gonna come up later on. And both also the double that he has a lot of issues, and there are a lot of issues of Adam Warlock. That's, I like that joke. I did some Googling. Oh no. That's always bad. Stop it before it's too late! The girl in green and yellow that we could not recognize? Mm-hmm. That is apparently Mantis. What?! Yes, she's much greener in uh, later stories but uh, apparently her first origin she looks kind of just humanish and without the mandibles and tenai wait 
antennae. Oh, I think she has those. You can kind of see wisps of hair. Maybe those are supposed to be that. I totally had cannon mandibles on her. By the way, a few pages later, best scene of Thanos because we actually meet Death. Beautiful death and her very interesting love story with uh, Thanos. Yeah, they finally peel off her hood and it's a white-skinned lady with pale blue hair and yellow skull earrings. Followed by the next page, which is a recap of everything they have done in little tiny panels. Which is awesome because you can literally catch up on everything you need to go down in one page. It's just followed by my next favorite page, where Thanos appears there, because Thanos... Oh, sorry. Thanos teleports everybody, all the Avengers, all his worst enemies, to a space station. And Drax's first response is, just lunge at Thanos. Because, you know, it worked so well the first time. The best answer is to just lunge at him again. And scream your name. Always have to scream your name. It gives you your power. I am the destroyer! Of absolutely nothing. (laughs) Because the next panel, he absolutely fails and gets captured immediately. Again. So I know I talked about it uh, with Jeff in the last episode, but uh, what do you guys think of Thanos' current costume, which is totally different from how he looks in, you know, modern day? Did you say he looks different? I always thought he kind of looked the same. I mean, he's always been blue, purple with the yellow around him. What's really changed? Well, so I don't really think of him as being that purple. He doesn't usually wear a cloak and stuff in the... I'm sorry, did I say Thanos? I meant Trax. You said Thanos. You said Thanos, and Thanos has never changed. Yes, Thanos is pretty much the same. No, Drax is totally looks different from here than, than he does in the movies. Thanos found his look, and he's sticking with it. Drax probably got punched so many times, he needed to change it up a little bit. <laughs> the Hulk vision crossover thing isn't really working for him. Nor is the very, very one track of Thanos punch. Like, he's like the Hulk, but he just goes after Thanos, and if Thanos isn't there, it's like he has no purpose. He's a little obsessed. Well, when you're created by Eero, when you're created by Kratos to do one thing, which is destroy Drax the Destroyer, to destroy Thanos, and your name is Drax the Destroyer, same is about all you can do. This is skipping way ahead, but I've been reading in the future, and there's a great Silver Surfer issue where Drax is, like, hounding the Silver Surfer because he knows that he will run into Thanos again, and it's got that single-mindedness to it even at that point. And actually, I think my favorite part is, as this whole issue goes on, it's a fight against Thanos when he's already has the god power of the Cosmic Cube, and he's becoming a super god thing. And throughout the rest of the issues, it's just this big fight against Thanos, this super god, you know, take it as whatever you will, titan thing. And Drax's response always will be one thing. Shoot and blast Thanos. Punch him in the face. Even if his face is the size of a universe, you can still punch it. There's this great panel on page 10. It's a full page spread. And Drax is falling off the rock. I thought he could fly. The one with Kronos in the background there? Yeah, it's the entire universe, and you see this ghostly outline of Kronos with Thanos controlling him through the cube, and the Avengers below, and Star Fox. I don't think he's called Star Fox yet, but that's Eros, yeah. Which, by the way, I love that Kronos looks very much like the Silver Surfer. Yes. I didn't even realize he absolutely looks like the Silver Surfer. When I first looked at this, just went to the piano, I'm like, they captured the Silver Surfer, but he's bigger. Oh, wait, no, that's Kronos. And I didn't even see it earlier, but Death is uh, hanging out. Like you do, you gotta follow Thanos around. Or is it the other way? Because it always seems like Thanos follows Death around. He is trying to court her. Which is his downfall as well. 
She's always very silent about this, so it's hard to tell what she thinks of him. Well, they actually, I mean, when we jump ahead and talk about the end of this whole arc of Captain Marvel, they really actually do discuss that. And it's kind of like, that alone is why Thanos loses. It's, it's a wonderful metaphor. Of, I don't know if that's the right word for it, but the, the, the relationship between the two is great. Also, as I keep flipping through pages, I love it again. They have a page where Thanos is beating up all the heroes, and then Drax goes, then perhaps the Destroyer has the power to defeat you, and Thanos just shoots him with a laser and he's down. The end of Drax again. I do like that in order to try and defeat him, Mentor stops the cosmic gyro that's in the middle of the moon Titan, which causes it to like spin off of its orbit, and everything crashes around. I just find it sad that when we talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy, we have these people that are, you know, fighting Titans, and they're all powerful. And Drax just keeps losing. He doesn't ever get a chance to even fight, because he only has to fight one person, Thanos, who is so much more powerful than everybody. But really, I have to give Drax props for at least persevering. The mind war between Moondragon and Thanos is really cool. Yeah, I really need to learn more about Moondragon. Because the character seems very interesting and powerful. But I just, I really don't know much. Either of you know more about Moondragon? What is her powers? What does she do? She thinks a lot. I believe she has mind control powers, because I've seen her do that in future episodes. But yeah, I've only seen her in context of the times when she and Drax are together. Yes, I've only known her to be a member of the Guardians, but she definitely has some sort of mental power. And she knows some type of... Kung Fu. Yeah, one of these issues, they go over her backstory a little, and she was apparently raised on Titan by Mentor. She also likes the girls. Actually, I thought she was captured by Thanos, or are we going to learn on the next one? So I didn't realize she was raised by Mentor. Can't she also erase people's memories? Probably. She has some pretty powerful mind control that uh, we see in a much later issue. And at the end, we of course bring Thanos the god which is amazing for Drax in the next issue. What do you guys think of Drax so far? He's got a face my mentor could love, really. I definitely have to agree. I think he's he's kind of stubborn and narrow-minded, and he keeps getting his ass kicked and getting back up. And it's interesting to watch the character progress and start to work with the Avengers as a team and hopefully maybe pull his head out of his glarns. See, I love Drax already, and I, it's partially because I think I saw the movie first, and I really appreciate they kept that part of him. He is just determined to punch the main bad guy in the face, and that's all he does, and he does it, I wish, better than he did. Like, it's admirable what he does, and it's very clear he won't be beaten, but he just loses every time to Thanos with, like, Thanos just doesn't even care about him. I wish there were more of Drax being able to actually give Thanos a good punch, you know, like, get Drac- Thanos even scared of Drax. Instead, he's like an ant. And that's a really good explanation of it. He's definitely born to be this control for Thanos to keep him in line, but he ends up basically not being strong enough to do so, and so he is a bit of an ant. And he's this little guy that gets his, you know, gets pushed down a lot, but he keeps jumping back up, and I think that that is saying that his inner strength is in his resilience and his stubbornness and his want and desire to fulfill his destiny. I think he gets to shine much later once he starts to be able to fight people besides Thanos, because, you know, he can show more of his clever hunter side. I know I've read in the more modern Guardians, there was a great comic where, like, there was something wrong on the station they were at, and he's going through the bowels trying to find the enemy, and it's great. But yeah, here he's definitely just let's punch things. 
the last panel where Thanos announces that he is a god, you have the really tight close-up on Iron Man's foot, and then you see Captain Marvel, Drax, and Mentor, and I think it really sets the stage for the, the insanity that's about to happen. And even in the insanity, I love it, but it's still just so, I mean, the one-track mindness of Drax during it, if we ask I think about him, he's a very powerful character, but it's kind of like when you have Kronos, who chose Drax, and Eon, who chooses Captain Marvel. I mean, yes, A, it shows that he could destroy all the Avengers in one go, but then really, the other thing I think is, how powerful is Thanos in this? Seriously, that guy must be just the most awesome character, bad guy, in all of Marvel Universe. There is a reason they keep using him as a recurring character, and they have the old Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet in the future to look forward to. But yeah, Thanos keeps coming back, badder than ever. Also, I'd love to keep a tally of how many times Thanos truly becomes an immortal god that takes over the universe and he becomes into the sky. Because right now, the cube does it to him, and then the gauntlet will do it to him. It's like, how many times will Thanos reach godhood? Well, here's one. And we're only (laughs) in the 70s. I hope he never stops. I love it. Yeah, you know, one thing that's the best about this was it really shows Thanos to be so powerful. And I love all the times when the Avengers go fight him because it literally is like, how on earth do you stand any chance against this guy? Come on. It's just, ugh. Yeah, when the Avengers get involved in the cosmic stuff, it always makes you kind of pity mortal man a little bit. All right, those are my thoughts on Drax. I like him. Can't wait for him to, you know, get his tattoos and bulk up a little bit. Does that only happen in, like, the 2000s, or does that happen earlier than that? How long is he Drax the Destroyer in purple and green? Or, as I really do appreciate that one, how long is he Vision and the Hulk combined? Think for another 22 years, because I believe it's 2005 when he gets his new outfit. And he ends up looking like Kratos from God of War. Does he ever get his own series, or is he always the side character? He had a title for a couple of issues. Jesse, do you know? That was a four-issue miniseries in 2005, which is where he gets that new costume. Uh-huh. And that's, I think, where his flaw is, and it makes me sad, that I would love to see an issue from Drax's side, because since it's always in Captain Marvel or the Avengers, Drax can't ever show himself being the best because the other characters aren't the title characters. I'd love to see Drax just show what it means to be a destroyer. I hope we'll get to see more of that when we get to Infinity Gauntlet, but we'll see. I'm very excited for what's about to happen however that's many issues away we still have to get through adam warlock first yes i think that's what she's excited about all right so both of you have to tell me something because i started the uh, adam warlock story jesse mentioned what is his origin or is he just adam warlock the automatic crazy warlock i'm trying to think of a good place to start that's always ominous Well, so what's great about what we're going to cover is uh, that Strange Tales 180 and 181, and then it goes to Warlock number 9. But the thing you have to realize is that there was Warlock 1 through 8 a long time ago, then it got canceled, whatever, then they brought him back in Strange Tales, and then they decide to give him his title back, but they just keep going with the numbers that he already had. But he first appeared in Fantastic Four, didn't he? He was in some sort of cocoon or something. like. It was very weird. Can't wait to talk about Drax and his shooting out the window to destroy their own space station so he can shoot the cosmic head of Thanos. It's amazing. Go punch a god. He just never gives up. It's wonderful. He's he's such a symbol of strength and resilience and <laughs> kind of foolishness. Absolutely. It's the best. He just keeps on going. I, I even love the part where like later on Captain Marvel just goes, all right, we need to think of a plan. 
And Drax just goes, I will punch him. Like, literally, that's what he says. And then he's like, all right, you just distract him. I'm going to go do something. (laughs) We need a plan. Let's punch him. Okay, you try that. You try to punch the head that is as big as the universe. You go, Drax. You go. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy Drax the Destroyer, and thank you. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can email guardians at cosmictales.com or find us on Twitter at Cosmic Tales. Join us next episode for the final confrontation with Thanos in the Cosmic Cube Saga Part 3.